Zansi's sporting milestones, moments and stories. Flashback Fridays with Tabiso Musia. So before we speak to Vernon Fellander, do send us your questions, though, for Vernon Fellander. We're going to speak to him next. You can send your questions to this uh, number uh, on WhatsApp for voice notes. That's 061-4104-107. If you prefer to SMS, the number to dial is, well, the SMS number is 41391. And uh, you can call us on 0891-104-207. And uh, I also want to read some tweets here. Uh, okay, we'll read the tweets maybe after the break. Let's take a quick break. Okay, while we wait for Vernon Philander, I believe that he was just doing some work with his foundation and is wrapping up now, and uh, he say he will join us shortly. Okay, Abednego, we're going to have to cut you short, my friend. Sorry about that. Uh, but we do have our guest on the line now, Vernon Philander, who joins us tonight just to look back at his uh, career and just find out what he's up to. I did mention that he was doing some work with the foundation today, and he'll tell us more about that. Uh, Big Van, good evening from us on SAFM. Thank you very much for finding the time to speak to us tonight. Yeah, good evening. Uh, always good, always good chatting to, to you guys. Thanks. <laughs> I hope, hope everyone is well. No, we are. How are you keeping during this lockdown that everybody's going through? How are you coping? Yeah, it's uh, it's a different uh, it's a different kettle of fish. Eh? Um, I mean, being home, probably the first time I'm home this long. Um, <laughs> definitely, uh, my, my wife and I starting to um, you know starting to understand each other a bit a bit better. <laughs> Um, first, the first couple of weeks was obviously a bit different, but uh, I think you learn to get to be with one another, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think, I mean, you know, it's, it's something that we've always uh, not had, you know, obviously playing cricket and you're always abroad, obviously uh, playing or on the cricket field or being on the you know, training ground. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely something different. Um, but yeah, I've, I've managed to keep keep myself going. I've got a little one which is keeping myself uh, uh, obviously younger by the day, I suppose, um, taking up all my energy. So yeah, really, I, I'm enjoying it. I mean, like I said, it's something that we as sportsmen never get to do is to be at home. Yeah. And uh, yeah, for once, yeah, for once in, uh, in a while, I actually get to spend some time at home. Yes, and a lot of sportsmen that or sportswomen that we spoke to uh, over this lockdown are telling us the same thing that it's a chance to spend time at home because they so they're always away, always traveling, always playing. And you're also doing some work with the foundation. I believe there was something you were doing today. Can you tell us more? Yeah, look, I mean, obviously, at the start of this lockdown, you know, uh, I reflected a little bit watching the news and you obviously see people go hungry. Um, and I mean, I think it was about three weeks in, you know, and you. We saw people start rioting over food, and I said to my wife, you know, I, I far more rather see people die of COVID than die of hunger. Um, so my foundation got involved in terms of, you know, some hunger schemes, um, you know, so we deliver food parcels. Um, I mean, we've done wonderfully well. Over the last three, four, three, three to four weeks, we've done 800 parcels. Um, the parcels that we do, um, you know, last a household of four for up to about three weeks. Um, so it's quite substantial, um, if, you know, if you know what I mean. So, mm. yeah, it is something, I mean, as, as South Africans, you, you know, we can't just sit back and, and, and wait for something to happen. We need to make them happen. Um, you know, a lot of these people, they look up to us as, as, as sports stars, you know, so to speak. And I think we owe it up to them to really, you know, bring some sort of relief. I mean, there's a lot of guys that lost their jobs instantaneously. I mean, you know, with COVID, there's a lot of guys that live from hand to mouth. So, yeah, I mean, I come from one of those sort of areas, so... I just felt the need to really jump in and, and, and try to make, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, difference in yeah, those sort of areas. So today we went out into Cryfontaine, yeah. Ravensmead, where I come from, yes. um, and, and Elsie's River. Um, we 
we delivered 300 food parcels, you know, across those three uh, suburbs today. So, yeah, I'd say a day well spent. And talk to us about growing up in Ravensmead, Big Van. I mean, how do you describe your childhood? Look, I think my childhood was one of, you know, probably freedom. Um, you know, I, I could play, I could, you know, just be myself. Um, I still remember fondly, uh, we used to have street cricket. We used to have our own Wimbledon tournament in the street. <laughs> you know, we used to draw the lines. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know if you guys can remember those swing ball bets. We used to use those as our tennis bets. Um, uh-huh. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, as a youngster, it was all about um, just being, you know, a, a free man, basically, um, you know, playing, you know, being wild, being a kid. And I suppose, you know, that's what you want to be like you know when you obviously grow up and then um, I, I still remember we used to have um, like our street tournament we used to play in the park on, on, the, on the Friday afternoon and Saturday morning um, so we used to have four different streets 6th Avenue 5th Avenue 7th and 8th and, and, um, and yeah we used to you know go yeah I mean go wild you know we the rivalry was fierce and you know um, you play 5 play 6 7 play 8 and then you have a, you know, obviously a, a, a final game. So, so, yeah, it was like a, I mean, you know, for us to really compete against one another. Uh, my childhood was, like I said, it was, it was one of being free as a child and, and really get to experience what children, you know, are supposed to be experiencing. Um, and, yeah, I mean, back then we didn't have as much technology as what is available today, So mm. which means we had to play outside. outside. And, you know, uh, climbing trees. Uh, yeah, boys will be boys, you know, so... Yeah, it was one I really enjoyed, uh, to be quite honest with you. I mean, looking back at it now, I wouldn't, wouldn't have wanted it any other way. And did you always want to become a professional cricketer? Because in one of the interviews, your mother says she knew from as early as two years old that you would be a cricketer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she clearly knew something I didn't. <laughs> well, to be quite honest with you, look, I mean, in those sort of games that we used to play in the park, and uh, to be quite honest with you, I never, I never really thought about playing Western Province. South Africa. I never even knew, you know, things like that existed. I mean, for me, it was about the the fun to be had, you know, during those games, the fun to be had um, with your mates afterwards. And, you know, I was happy to leave it there. Um, you know, it's only when I started turning 13, 14 years old, when I went to uh, Western Province Trials. Um, well, it wasn't even Western Province Trials. It was uh, zonal trials. Mm. So that, at those times, we used to have the different zones. And uh, I remember fondly going to Fairburn College in Gurut, um, you know, for those trials. And uh, it's only then I started to realize, hey, hang on, you know, there's something a bit bigger, you know, to play for um, than playing for your street and your club, so to speak, on a, on a Saturday in your school, obviously. Um, and, yeah, I started to pay a little bit more attention to, you know, my performances, number one. But I think the most important part for me was still the enjoyment factor. You know, I wanted to enjoy the sport that I play. I wanted to enjoy the time away from home because if, yeah, if, if I wasn't going to enjoy it, then I might as well, you know, go play with my mates and, and do something else or find something else to do. So for me, a big part of my career was always the enjoyment factor. Um, you know, for me, going out on, onto any field, I want to, first of all, be in control of my skill. Mm. But second of all, I want to have fun, you know. Um, getting better out is fun. And, uh, you want to make sure that, you know, you equip yourself with all the skills you can in, uh, in order to get people out. So... Yeah, coming back to your point, um, I never really thought about it, to be quite honest with you, growing up, um, playing for South Africa one day. I think, um, you know, growing up from coming from our suburbs, that was probably a bridge too far at, uh, at the time to think of. 
Um, so for me, it was all about enjoying it. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed my games. And what comes to mind when someone mentions the name of Miss Glenda Daniels, your primary school teacher? What role did she play in your early development? Miss <laughs> Glenda teacher, yeah, she was she was my mini cricket baker's uh, teacher. I remember her fondly. I mean, I, I loved her. And then obviously she took over from as a grade one or two, I think it was, when she started playing hardball cricket. Mm. Um, you know, she was my coach. Um, but look, I mean, back then there wasn't much uh, coaching that took place, to be quite honest with you. Um, you know, she, she was more of a mentor to us, um, trying to get us away from all the elements that was taking place in Ravensmead itself. Um, you know, growing up, yeah, I mean, it was gangsterism, drugs, um, alcohol abuse. So, I mean, you know, those those sort of things were right on your doorstep. And I think she probably found or yeah, found a need to really make sure that, you know, she kept us going and kept us away from all of those elements, you know. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I often go back there and, you know, just to give her a hug um, mm. because, you know, you know, she played a massive role. Um, as small as small as the role might seem, it, it's a massive it's a massive role in in terms of a child coming from that sort of background, you know. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, we love her. We always go back. Like I said, you know, I, I, I often just go in and just give a hug, you know, and just say thanks, um, you know, for making for for making me known to a, a better part of it, you know. Um, so yeah, she was yeah my 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 primary school mentor, so to speak. Another mentor that you've mentioned in your previous interview is George Philip van Oort. You say that he told you that you will play for the Proteas one day. Did you believe him? Yeah, I think, you know, Georgie, I mean, there's another one, uh, Johannes Adams. Um, you know, yes, yes, yes. In yes. my junior days. Um, yes, yeah, Johannes Adams. He's the one that took you to trials. Yeah, so yeah. Sorry, say it again. I'm saying he's the one that took you to trials, Johannes Adams. Yeah, see, Anna Adams did a lot for me during my junior days. Um, you know, um, I used to often, you know, catch lifts with him. He used to often come on a Sunday um, when I used to, you know, supposed to be in church. And, you know, he used to come fetch me for, for trials. And, you know, that caused a massive upset in my church as well. Because <laughs> um, the priest believed I should be in church and not play cricket on a Sunday. Um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, Anna Adams was the guy to yeah, really motivate me, you know, since, yeah, since junior days. And then, you know, obviously, you, yeah, you get to a club scene and, um, I started my club cricket pretty young. I think I was 14 and 15, you know, when I started playing first, you know, first team cricket for Tigerberg. And Georgie uh, Van Oort, I mean, he was a mentor. He was, yeah, he was, he was, a, he was a legend himself, you know, within the series of Western Cape cricket. Um, you know, he's well known, well respected. And uh, I think it was probably I turned 17 or 18, you know, and uh, I really got into a role of of, of being really consistent. Um, and he said to me, "Hey, young man." You, you'll be playing with South Africa one day. And I never really, again, I never really paid too much attention to it because it was about me and just, you know, enjoying myself, having fun, um, getting people out, scoring runs, um, you know, trying to be the the hero after every game. Um, and, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, pretty soon after that, I, I started realizing, you know, what he was talking about because I was 18 when I got my first call up to Western Province. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in the final. Um, and I mean, even then, you know, I was like, oh, you know, what is this about? Um, I then got a call up to play for Western Province in the in the Super Sport final, which is a four-day final competition. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was. Uh, I mean, I was never nervous before that for you know cricket match. I mean, I always you know go there and, and know that I was going to do well. But you know, obviously, this instance you're up against the big boys. You know, you you watch these guys on television, and all of a sudden you're playing against them. So. 
Yeah, I think uh, Georgie, I mean, you know, he played a big role in, in mentoring me from there onwards, you know. Um, my first sort of provincial game, amateur game. Um, and then from there onwards, um, you know, we stayed in contact. And, you know, he'd often call me, you know, where I've maybe failed or did wrong. Yeah, he'd often pick up the phone and say, hey, young man, it's fine. You know, it's part of the it's part of the journey, you know, keep your head up. Um, so, yeah, you, you, he was a great mentor to me. I mean, it's obviously a pity we lost him. I think it was about two years ago. Um, but yeah, I think you know those sort of guys, they've left legacies, you know, having played the game the game themselves within the, the communities, you know, which they've obviously grown up in. I mean, if, if, if you go to Ravensmead and you mention the word George Van Oort, um, people don't just relate to George Van Oort being in a cricket field, but he's also related to creating opportunity for people outside of cricket. And uh, I think that's exactly, you know, where I'd like to take over one day. Before I go to the voice note, uh, uh, you also played for the SA Under-19. Some people might not be aware in a team that had A.B. de Villiers, that had Aaron Pangi. So I think Faf Duplessis was also there in, in in that team. Was that your first taste of international cricket? Yeah, so obviously Under-19 cricket, you know, was the first time I, I made, oh, I got my South African colours. And, and I mean, like you mentioned, yeah, that was a, you know, it was a power I was doing if, if you look at <laughs> it now, you know. I mean, even most JP. of those guys have, have, have gone, you know, excelled into the international cricket. So, I mean, even JP Dubin was on the tour. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was a powerhouse team. And, I mean, it's, it, it, it's actually good to see, you know, so many of, of the class of 2013, we call ourselves, you know, came through and, and actually played international cricket South Africa and consistently as well. Yeah, let's go to the voice notes now. They've been coming in for Vernon Philander. You can send them to 0614104107. We're just reflecting, just tracing his journey and also uh, just looking back at his career. Let me read some tweets first. And uh, Notorious Mabila and says, Good evening, Tabby. So where is Big Ven hiding? I've been wondering what is he up to now. I know he's got a foundation. Okay, yes, we've uh, spoken about that. Thanks for that. And uh, somebody else, Ndili, says Vernon Philander is by far one of our best bowling talent we've ever had. Our him in the same category of greats like Glenn McGrath, Courtney Walsh and Mohamed Asif due to consistency and accuracy there. Even a big Robin Adams is listening to us from Turkey saying he's enjoying this interview with Big Fan. Big Van and Spangobo says, oh man, I still remember that spell in Cape Town against England. We're going to get to that, but let's go to the voice notes. Good evening. I've got two questions for Big Fan. The first one, did he retire when he's on terms? Or he was first out because I feel like he still had more to offer for the Proteus team. And then the second one, who does he think is the best suited player to take over as test captain? Charles from Bloemfontein. Hi, Tommy. So uh, it's Mfundas um, Tole in Bram Fisher here. Um, I want to uh, comment about um, uh, the guest that's incoming there, Vernon Philander. The spell that he bowled against Australia uh, in Cape Town, I can't remember the year exactly, but geez, I think Australia were like seven down for 60 something, but I'm, I'm pretty sure they were under 100 and they were bowled out. That spell, wow. That was just magnificent. I've never seen that type of bowling ever in my life. So I just wanted to say uh, to to Vernon, um, thanks for 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 just you know keeping the basics, keeping it simple, putting the ball in the right places, and making us enjoy the game of bowling. 
20 years or so ago, I saw Vern playing in a provincial game at Newlands and I thought he'd go far and he definitely proved me right. Great career, Vern. Well done. Jason in Cape Town. Good evening, Tabiso. Good evening to Vernon. Now, I considered you as a genuine match winner for South Africa, especially good at swinging conditions. What made you good at swinging conditions? The second question, now, Vian Mulder was in the camp against Sri Lanka in 2018. What did you see in Vian Mulder? And can he be the next big all-rounder for the South African cricket team? Thank you very much, Tabiso. Thank you, Libra. Thank you for those questions, guys. Um, we're going to start from the top. Then the, the first one from Charles was, did you retire on your own terms because you felt you still had a lot to offer? Yeah, I think, you know, you know my, yeah, my retirement was coming on for some time. Um, you know, you as a bowler, you get to a stage where, you know, the body obviously don't operate as well as it's supposed to. Um, although, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm a pretty good mixful and, you know, I still feel good. But yeah, I mean, I've I've been speaking to the powers that be, um, and yeah, that has been coming on for some time. So yeah, I did retire on my own terms, so to speak, if you maybe, if, yeah, that's what you want to call it. How do you know when it's time, Big Van? Look, I think I mean most bowlers know their bodies, um, and I mean you if you look around the world and you look around, you know, players that have played the game and. We all sort of peak probably, I would say, from age 28 to probably about 32, 33, 34, if you're pushing it, if you're lucky, um, and you don't have too many injuries, obviously. Um, but then, I mean, from 34 onwards, you know, yeah, it is a push, you know what I mean? Um, although I, I could probably easily have gone for another year or so, mm. um, but, you know, I just felt that the time was right. So what's the plan now to play in England? Yeah, so I've, I've actually just had my... my um, Contract terminated yes, because of the Somerset. COVID uh, situation. Um, you know, we, yeah, both parties felt that I don't think there's going to be much cricket happening this year. Um, and obviously, having signed a cold pack, um, you know, you yeah, you've given up your rights to play for South Africa. So, yeah, both parties felt that you know, obviously, with the financial strain that the county has felt, um, I've, I'm opening up myself again in terms of you know, can play for or in South Africa again, so to speak. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, there's obviously options that you want to keep open. Um, so right now, yeah, I mean, I do have the door open on, on either side. Um, and like I said, you know, we, yeah, I understand that obviously, yeah, you know, with COVID, you know, there's a lot of punts has been taken. And I mean, we've come to a, a good sort of an agreement um, at the end of the day. You know, we've come to a good settlement first of all. Um, and yeah, I mean, as as, as as human beings, we understand that. Yeah, the situation we're finding ourselves currently in. And yeah, I mean, who knows? <laughs> uh, the doors are open right now. Okay, the other question was about who would you think is suitable to be the test captain? A lot of guys have put their hands up. Yeah, I think it's a difficult one. Um, look, you know, you, you, you I, I always look at characters. I always look at people who can lead from the front um, because, you know, those are the characters you want as your, as your, yeah, as your leaders. Um, I think right now, I mean, Probably one spring to mind, probably be Dean. Um, I think, you know, the rest of the guys are probably still a bit too young. I mean, you know, you want to allow them to still play the game and, 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 and find themselves. I know there was a lot of talk about Aiden taking over. I'd personally like to see him still play the game and, you know, still to discover who Aiden really is before you start taking over and leadership role and, and stuff like that. Look, I mean, you know, once you get the captain to role, there's a lot of outside factors that come into the, you know, into the game, obviously. Um, so you want to, you want to get someone that's, that, that, yeah, that's fairly settled um, within his own role um, and then also fairly settled within his own uh, demeanor as, as a person. So I think yeah, you probably want to look at one of the senior guys right now, um, you know, just to give the youngsters a bit of, a bit of freedom just to play their games.
And then Mfundo asked about that spell. Um, he couldn't remember which year, but I think that was uh, when you made your debut against Australia when you guys bowled them up for 47. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, 2011. November 2011, 10, yes. I, I, won't, I won't forget that day. Yeah, look, um, yeah, it was just, I, I, it just came out so sweetly. You know, um, I can remember, I mean, we won the back foot. Uh, we got bowled out for 96 or something, whatever mm. it was. And uh, I remember walking out and, you know, you, you're obviously 213. I think we were behind at the time. And I walked down to the, the final boundary, and there was a big Australian supporter at the, at the bottom there. And, you know, he got up and he started abusing me. He's like, hey, you effed. And, uh, and I'm like, okay. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Um, and I was like, geez, you know, how do I take that? But I think uh, we we bowled him, and, yeah, we got him in 21 for nine, to be, yeah, to be exact. Yeah. I mean, there was a stage where we could have bowled him out for 21. I think someone got dropped in the galley as well. And uh, I, I remember Fondi walking back to the same oak and, you know, just gave him a, a, a brief old smile. I didn't say anything to him. And, I mean, obviously our, our, our spectators, you know, got, got stuck into him properly. Um, yeah, I think it was probably one of the best, you know, the best uh, turnaround uh, test matches, I mean, of all time, you know, to be that far behind the game and then to come back and win it. So, yeah, it was amazing. And you're a player of the series after that, uh, after those two test matches, because you had another five wicket haul in the second test. Yeah, look, I mean, that also come on, you know, off the back of some proper first-class cricket. I mean, I remember I played for four years, you know, in a row, and I was the leading wicket taker pretty much every single year. Um, so yeah, I had confidence on my side, um, and I think you know, once you get picked, you know, with that sort of confidence, you can actually go out and deliver, you know. Spells like that, um, because you understand, you know what you're about. You understand what you need to do. You've mm-hmm. got plan A, plan B covered. Um, I mean, if you have to dock up a plan C, I'm pretty sure you can scratch something out as well. But I think, um, yeah, the most important part mm-hmm. there was that I was ready for it. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I probably had a good three years after that, two mm-hmm. three years. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's you know, if they say you must make K while the sun shines, and yeah. The sun obviously will find a you for a little bit and you've got to make sure that you deliver. And for the record, Van became the fifth player in history to take five wickets in an innings in each of his first three test matches. There was also a question from Libra who says it describes you as a match winner, but he wants to know what do you think of Vian Mulder? Could he be the next all-rounder to step up? Yeah, look, I mean, the thing is, you know, yeah, I mean, these guys all need to play cricket. I mean, I think we don't play enough cricket for for guys to make that positive step up, you know, we we are okay with one or two good performances, and you know, we are, we then get selected. Um, I'd like to see these guys play more first class cricket, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because that's where you just you know discover yourself as a cricketer. You you have to obviously you know find your trade. So I'd like to see them play a lot more cricket. To be quite honest with you, um, and then I mean, yeah, I mean he's a, he's a brilliant prospect. Um, he said he's obviously yeah, he's introduced, you know. Yeah, the start of his career. So hopefully we'll get over that and, like I said, you know, play a bit more cricket, um, you know, just to discover himself as a, as a person, as a player. And, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like to see, you know, we groom players to, you know, yeah, to go the long, the long haul, so to speak, and not just the overnight fly-by-night players, you know what I mean? So I'd like to see players have good careers. Um, and that will come, obviously, with, you know, going out and, and actually playing cricket. Okay, let's go to more voice notes. Hi, how's it, Tabis? This is a question for Big Van. Um, I just want to ask, what happened in India? Because they got hammered there in India. They lost all the three tests by innings and 200 runs. 
innings and 170 something runs. So what what's happening there? Are the pitches really flat? And concerning about the tour to West Indies, what does he think about that? And who's gonna fill in the shoes for Five C as the new Poachers Test captain? Thanks. Thank you. Hi, Tabisa. Good evening, Vernon. I just want to find out from Vernon what is is that him as a opening bowler when choosing the new ball for the innings. Was it the colour, the the weight of the ball? What is it that particularly caught his eye and, and um, when 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 choosing a ball for the innings? I know every bowler is different, but what is it that that caught his eye? And just on that one, which ball or maker ball was the one that he found that was the best suited for his style of bowling? Thanks. Evening, dear member Tulania from Orlando. Thanks for bringing in Mr. Newlands. Mr. Newlands, my question for you. What are you planning to, planning to do since you have let go of the team from England? Thanks. Hey, Tabiso. I just want to send a shout out to Vernon Philander. Wow. You have become a great success, man. And uh, as a sportsman, a great individual, a great guy to, to know. And yeah, and thank you for just being an example to the community um, and to the world, man. We are so proud of you. Keep on doing what you are doing from Jeremy Bailey. Thanks, Jeremy, for that. And thanks, guys, for those voice notes. Keep them coming. Some of the questions have been answered. I know that they came earlier on, so you might have had some of the answers. But I'll pick some of those that we haven't touched on. There was a question about going to India. Uh, Van, why is it so difficult for South African teams to go to India? Yeah, I think it's not the South African teams. I think it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, everyone. It's, it's yeah. there. Um, look, I think a, a massive part to of going to India is winning a toss. Um, you know, you've, you've got to make sure that you win a toss. And unfortunately, you know, I think we probably have the worst record of all teams in, in, in the history of the game going to India, um, you know, when it comes to, you know, with regards to the toss. Yeah, look, I mean, the Indians are great in their own conditions, you know. Yeah, let's not make the, you know mistake about that. Um, I think they play a brand of cricket which suit their style and which suit their wickets. And, uh, yeah, I think, you know, they've also got, you know, have a well-balanced team and, uh, you know, they've got a well-settled team as well. So, yeah, I think, you know, they are a tough team to beat at home. Let's not make a mistake about that one. Mm. And, uh, yeah, we, we South Africans will have to adapt and, and, and up our skill, um, you know, if we are to compete, you know, with India at home. On that note, where do you stand in the debate of the fact that um, pitches should be uh, made to suit the home teams? Well, I'm I'm not a, I'm not a massive fan of it. Look, I, I'm one, you know, that say, you know, let the curator prepare wicket and whatever you get on the day, that's what you get. But unfortunately, you know, sport has gone that way. Um, I mean, I'm not just talking about internationally; I'm talking about locally as well. Um, so you, you pick you pick your team according to the wicket that you prepare. I mean, you know, that's just the way you know the game has gone um, off late. I know in England, yeah, they've taken the toss away. Um, you know the the opposition team can decide whether they want to bowl first, um, and therefore the wicket has been a bit flatter. Um, but look, I'm 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 not a big fan of of, of people of or you know teams getting involved in you know the way they prepare the wicket. Um, certainly, I think you know if if you want to create a wicket, you want to have a, a, a wicket that you know will suit all 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 facets you know all facets of the game. You know you want to have maybe a bit of seam up front on day one and two. Day two, the wickets obviously flatten out a little bit for the batters to have a go. And then day three and four, where the first-class game have a bit of turn for the spinners, um, day four and five in test matches. So 
that's the way that you ideally want to see wickets go. However, in saying that, I think you know the game has just gone to the extent you know where there's too much involvement you know from whatever home team you know in, in order to get the wicket you know to suit their style of play. And then there was a question about what goes into choosing a new ball and which make of ball do you did you prefer or do you prefer? Look, I think for me it's 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 completely just the feel of the ball. Um, I always look at the seam. Um, you know, sometimes the seam is quite prominent, and I'm looking for that because you know someone that seam the ball you want yeah you want a prominent seam. Um, but yeah, I think you know just the balance of the ball as well. So I'll I'll love the ball up, and you know you yeah, you get a feel for it. Um, you know, sometimes the seams stay up, sometimes they wobble, um, and yeah, I'll, I'm I'm obviously looking for the one that you know stays upright. Um, the type of ball. Look, I think probably yeah, probably the the cooker ball. Um, you know, that's mm-hmm. one that we've got accustomed to, or grown accustomed to over the years. Look, I mean, I've, I've had some great success with you know with the Duke, but I feel the Duke ball goes soft after about probably over thirty, um, and then it becomes a better game. But uh, yeah, I think the cooker will probably stand out to me. Okay, we've also got a message from. Let's actually play it. I'm sure you'll know the voice. Well, his test record. You know, it's phenomenal. He played 60 tests, 216 test wickets. Um, and he had a sensational debut in 2011 against Australia at Newlands. Um, he was only 26 then. And on debut, he got 8 for 78. So that's a phenomenal achievement. But where Vernon was so great was that fact that he was so accurate. Every delivery was just on and outside the off stump, a good length. And his forte was that he was able to deviate the ball, make it seem it would go into the batsman away. And he just nagged and nagged away. He never bowled a bad ball. And he had phenomenal stamina. And that's the reason why he, in 60 tests, you know, he got 216 test wickets. Uh, he was mainly successful in England, Australia, and South Africa, where the pitches can seem and deviate and move a lot more than the subcontinent, where, generally speaking, the pitches are flat and they do not deviate. But he was just phenomenally accurate. And what's always surprised me that he only played 31-day international matches. And I can't work it out because he was so accurate, he never bowled a bad ball why did he only play 30 one-day matches? I can't give you that answer. I but, uh, give you my best regards. He, he was a, you know, he really has done South African cricket proud. Some kind words there from Dr. Ali Bacha there, Van. I'm sure you could make out that voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all, we all know, obviously, Dr. Ali. Um, yeah, thanks, man. Um, yeah, look, I mean, on, on the one-day thing, I mean, I, yeah. I'd, I'd have loved to have played a lot more one-day cricket. Um, however, obviously not to be. Um, and yeah, I mean, no, no, you're crying over spoiled milk, I suppose. At one stage, you were seen yeah, as a limited overs player, and then you were seen as a test player. Did it bother you? Nah, look, I mean, to be quite honest with you, the the, the former that I that I have preferred from a very young age was, you know, was test cricket. Um, you know, yeah, I had some success playing one day cricket, um, but I think you know that's also when you get phased into, uh, you know, you had a provincial setup at the time, you know. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, the Western Province setup was quite settled in terms of, you know, their bowling attack, in terms of their batting attack. So it was quite difficult to break through initially. Um, and I suppose, you know, then you yeah, you get drafted into the setup, obviously, through white ball cricket. And, uh, yeah, and again, I had, I had some good success early on, you know, which then led me, uh, you know, to the selection of, of, of playing, obviously, one day cricket for South Africa. Um, but I think, you know, ultimately, I think test cricket was always the, the formula that I wanted to be, obviously, play and, and, and be good at. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, in saying that also, I mean, yeah, I think I could have played a lot more one-day cricket. Um, but unfortunately, that was, yeah, that choice was in my end. We've also got the Statsman on the line, Mr. Andrew Sampson. Good evening. Thanks for joining us on SAFM. Good evening. How are you going? Fine, thanks. We want to make sense of Venon's numbers. I mean, what can you tell us about Venon and what the numbers say? Well, in Vernon, obviously, tremendous record in Test cricket, so an average of just 22, 224 wickets. Um, but, uh, you know, fastest South African to 100 wickets and just 19 Tests. Uh, there's not many people around the world that have done it that quickly. But I think my favourite stat on Vernon was um, in the first 10 overs of the innings in Test cricket, and bowling in that period of the game, his, his 62 wickets came an average of 19.77. <laughs> So that's against the team's top order and things. And that's the best record in the 21st century of, of anyone with a new ball in Test cricket. That is incredible, Ven. Did you know that? Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> you know, i tell you what. I've, I haven't taken note of the numbers, but I have made it my mission to make, to be a nightmare for, for you know for top order better. So, <laughs> so I, I suppose I, I've achieved that, eh, Andrew? <laughs> yep. No, tremendous career record there, and especially, as I say, in Stage of innings, of course, and, you know, you take out the top order and you start setting up the win early on in the game and early on in the innings. Yeah, that's why he leaves Australia at 21 for nine there. Thanks for that little bit of stats uh, there, Andrew. Then you also have your name on the honours board at Lords. Is that a big highlight for you? Are you someone that's big on these things? No, look, I mean, again, it's all about winning games for your country. Uh, look, I mean, we had our back against the wall a little bit. Um, I wouldn't say back against the wall, but I think um, England came back on the last and played pretty well. I remember Matt Pryor. You know, there were stages where we started, I wouldn't say doubting ourselves, but we started, you know, believing that they could actually win the game and take mm. it away from us, you know. Um, but again, it, it, it was never about being an honours board. It was more about winning the game for, you know, for my country. Um, the honours board came, obviously, as a as a bonus at the end of the game. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm fortunate that, you know, I've, I've got my name written up on quite a few grounds. And, hmm. um, you know, for me, again, it, it comes on the back of, you know, playing some good cricket um, and winning games for your country. So, and that's the most important part for, you know, for any player. Let's end with this voice note. Mr. Vernon Philander, I'm phoning on behalf of uh, Auntie Anna from Ravensmead. She um, is one of the oldest elders in Ravensmead. She loves you. She loves your work. And um, she recognizes you for the uh, valuable contribution you've made in Ravensmead. She is a patron for an NPO called Ravensmead Community Development Organization and wanted to invite you um, to an award or to uh, invite you on to honor you and and your contribution in the area and she wanted to know if you could please exchange numbers so that she could contact you and um, or you can contact her thank you very much 
Okay, thanks for that. Uh, we'll share your numbers then with the uh, big van. Uh, we're going to have to leave it there, bro, but uh, I just hope you can realize that the people uh, will always remember your impact. They'll never forget how you made them feel. And I hope you're encouraged by some of the messages that we, we've played for you today and that you've received today. And obviously, it's still not over for you. Yeah, I think thanks a lot for, you know, all your listeners, you know, that obviously, you know, for support over the years. I think, you know, us as players, you know, we play the game and uh, often don't pay attention to what's happening behind the scenes. But for me, I mean, yeah, it, it's just phenomenal to hear, you know, that there's so many people behind us um, and I mean, behind me personally as well. And look, yeah, we'll continue to do, you know, yeah, to do the good work. I'll continue to inspire the next generation coming through. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, we'll, We'll have a team that, you know, will do us proud for, you know, many years to come. And uh, hopefully, yeah, you'll keep supporting the team as, as much as what you did, when, you know, whilst I was playing. So thanks a lot for your support. And, uh, yeah, thanks to you guys as well for, you know, the, being the medium between the fans and, and us as players. Thank you. And thanks for being the pro that you are, Venon. Thanks a lot, man. You guys look after yourself and stay safe, eh? Thanks, Vernon. Thanks, everybody, for your contribution. We're going to have to leave it there. Uh, It is already 7 o'clock. Time has gone by so fast. We'll be back on Monday between 7 and 8 p.m.